Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Before the Downbeat, a musical podcast. I am your host, Ginger, man who went to his prom, Mackenzie. Mm. And I actually went with one of our previous guests, my dearest friend, Jessica Maxwell. So shout out to you, Jessica. Well, lucky her and lucky you. We actually were pretty dapper at our prom, I have to say. we like mm. I was in a nice rich green and she was in a beautiful uh, royal purple. We weren't like matching colors, but we were complementary colors. But I'm joined today by the Canadian <laughs> B. Arthur, the uh, yeah, 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 the John Adams of theater. Wow. Uh, yeah, the the very yeah. progressive, forward-thinking Trent Oliver of of a Canadian theater Ooh. academia, Autumn wow. Smith. Yes, thank you, Mackenzie Horner. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not go to my prom. You didn't go to your prom? I did not because I couldn't take who I wanted to take. Mm. So this, so, so what we're going to talk about actually has some like real world. Oh, I had some real worlds. Oh yeah. Oh okay. yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to get into this. Well, in fact, today, everybody. Today, on this very special episode, because this is coming out on a Wednesday, not a Friday, uh, but today we are going to be doing our holiday film review. Last year, during the holidays, Autumn and I went and saw the Tom Hooper colossal disaster that was Cats, and then and then it uh-huh. traumatized us so much that it took us till March to release it. Um Oh. But this year, we were supposed oh. to go see West Side Story. That was supposed to be our holiday film directed by Steven Spielberg. But yeah. instead, that got delayed due to COVID. So that'll be next holiday season, which is fine. Yeah. Which is fine. Netflix yeah. stepped up and they were able to release their movie musical of the holiday season. One of their many, actually, because they got a few good ones out this holiday season. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, but, they do. Yes, but the, the one we're going to be talking about today is none other than The Prom. which is a musical that started out on Broadway uh, and, and also in Atlanta. And the musical was written by Matthew Skylar and Chad Boyulogen. I think is how you say his last name. Apologies, apologies, Chad. And Bob Martin wrote the book along with Chad. Mm. Uh, and it's based on the original... That doesn't surprise con- me. Mm, there you go. Okay. So, okay. And, and, and then the original concept was by Jack Vertel. Mm-hmm. So... There you go. Um, so, and the film was directed, as we said, by Ryan Murphy. It stars a mm-hmm. star-studded cast of people, including none other than Meryl Streep. Yes. Patty Lapone reincarnated character, Dee Dee Allen. <clears throat> you have James Corden as Barry Glickman. We also have introducing Joe, El- Joe Ellen Pellman as Emma Nolan, our protagonist of the tale. We mm-hmm. have uh, longtime musical theater film actress Nicole Kidman returning for her yes. third movie musical as those legs. Like, can we just talk about her legs for a second? 
her Could we just talk about her? The fact that how good she looks for her age? I'm like... She hasn't aged. She has not aged. No. I mean, she has a little bit. She has, you can tell she's a little bit older. Not but there's that something, much, she's, she's like this gorgeous gazelle of I a human. That's how, like, she's so graceful and leggy. And it's so funny. I remember when she started out as basically Tom Cruise's wife. Yes. And yes. then she she did that one film where she played the weather girl and yes. she won critical acclaim. And then she won the Oscar for playing Virginia Woolf yeah. in The Hours, which if people, if you have not seen The Hours, please see The Hours. Meryl Streep and Nicole Kidman again. Yeah. Um, an absolutely genius, genius mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Indeed. So yeah, yeah. Nicole Kidman. Stars as Angie Dickinson, the long-lasting chorus girl from the musical Chicago, which has so many great in-jokes about that uh-huh. that we're going to talk oh, about. Uh, we have the, I want you want to say the, the shout-out of the cast, which is Keegan-Michael Key as Principal Hawkins. He was, like, like we'll get, we're, we're, we're going to go into each cast member, but Keegan-Michael Key is was my favorite. A, I want to know him. Yes, agreed. He is my, like, he's my new favorite human being. Yep. And he was also in the other Netflix musical this year, okay. Jingle Jangle. Very good. Um, which we will not talk about at nauseum, but please watch see it. that film. It is magic. It's watch it with kids, watch it with your with your parents, watch it with everybody. It should be something to be celebrated. It the cor- it is the best choreography in a yep. movie musical mm-hmm. since the uh, initial West Side Story. Wow, that is quite a statement considering we're going to get another yep. West Side Story next holiday season. But yeah, you have Keegan Michael Key mm-hmm. as the good, loving Principal Hawkins. You have Andrew Reynolds as Trent oh. Oliver, the Juilliard oh. graduate turned bartender who. Seems to love to mention his his, his um, alma mater any chance he gets, which is a great running um, running joke. Now we also have a up and coming actress who is going to be a household name by the time the prom and West Side Story come out, and that mm-hmm. is Ariana Debose, who many people mm-hmm. saw ahead of time in the Hamilton Pro Shot production as she plays the notorious Bullet. In, in in that in that production, and then she's playing the other uh, partner with it within this uh, main lesbian relationship of the film, Alyssa mm-hmm. Green. And next holiday season, she'll be playing the role of Anita, which I'm very excited to see her do this role. Uh, I mean, Anita is by far my favorite character of that musical. Rita Moreno mm-hmm. got an Oscar for playing that role, so I'm very excited to see how mm-hmm. Ariana DeBose will reinterpret that character. Yeah next holiday season but yeah she's in this and we have Kerry washington playing the rather thankless role of mrs green the mm-hmm. uh antagonist of the piece yes kind of kind of she is the antagonist she's the one putting up all the roadblocks again against emma now no no, no we think this is probably executed as an antagonist we will get into but yeah. Kerry Washington is playing this rather thankless, antagonistic character. Um, I think, you know, listening to her, she acknowledges how difficult this role was for her. Yeah. And the, you know, I, I have the utmost respect for Kerry Washington. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. in the interview, she said, 
it was a really hard role to play because I didn't want to judge her. Yes. And I had to find the empathy and the journey for her. And I think she nailed that. Agreed. She nailed the journey. I mean, I was bawling at the end. Yes. 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 We'll get more into Carrie Washington and her mm-hmm. character because there's a lot to talk about with that character. Now we had a surprise appearance that I didn't think was coming. But you have Tracy Ullman showing up as yes. Vera Glickman, Barry's mother, at the very end. Like, I, 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 It's not a spoiler because it was announced publicly that she was going to be in the film. So the fact that we have her showing up, uh, and I was just like, oh, it's an Into the Woods reunion. We got Meryl Streep, James Corbin, and Tracy Ullman all showing up in another movie musical together. Yeah. And she's lovely. In, in, in the main scene she has of that film, that's the scene that got me tearing up, was the scene between Barry and his mother. Oh, yeah. Like, like it's yes. absolutely heartbreaking. And Tracy Ullman, people forget how good of an actress she can be. Uh, oh, she's amazing. I remember watching the Tracy Ullman show, mm-hmm. which is where The Simpsons debuted. Yes, exactly. That is how old this kid is. <laughs> Yes. The Simpsons debuted. Yeah. Meaning it didn't have its own series yet. No, no, it was a spinoff. The Simpsons was a spinoff from the Tracy Ullman show. From the show. Tracy Ullman show. Yeah. Yeah. And I love her. I yeah. love I've always loved her. Yeah. Now we also have another big Broadway veteran, Kevin Chamberlain, as Sheldon Saperstein, who is the publicist for for this ragtag of right. performers. And Autumn, you'll know him because he was the original Horton. Uh, in Susical, and my uh, and uh, my Disney fans will know him because he played the butler in the hit TV show Jesse. So there you go. He has a nice small little cameo appearance, and we'll get more to his role. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was, yeah, because his role has gone through some changes throughout the show. Um, yeah. And then, last but certainly not least, we have Mary Kay Place as Grandma B, who is Emma's grandmother who takes her in after she's kicked out of her parents' house. And mm-hmm. once again, an, another thankless, beautiful role that didn't get the attention that really I would have loved to see more with her. Because she's in the background with with, with, um, with uh, Kevin Chamberlain all throughout the finale sequence at, uh, at the yeah. new prom. And it's like, why don't we cut to them? Like, they're always just off in the corner together, like in the background. Okay. It's, not, it's not their story. I know, I know. But I would have liked to see more with the grandma just because love to have seen a scene with just emma and her grandma having a having a conversation maybe like the night she gets home from the fake prom there would be a nice too easy that makes her journey too easy that someone accepts her so but she's already been accepted by her grandmother i know know. but but her grandma's already accepted so i would have loved to have seen that scene where she gets home because we get to see nicole kidman later on with, with, with emma in her bedroom have eating ice cream so it's like well when i was seeing like the night of like when she gets home and the grandma trying to be comforting like, like that's not I, about the grandma it's i know i actors. love the grandma though the great the grandma was i my know you like, i get it Mary so good yeah yeah either I way so, so 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 that's the grandma and then and, and then we had some great high school performances including logan yeah. riley ha- hassel as kaylee sophia dealer as shelby nathaniel j uh popvin as kevin and nico greenham as nick so that's the yeah. cast. Now for a quick round of production history, because it's very brief. But basically what happened was uh, Ryan Murphy, big Hollywood producer, director, showrunner extraordinaire, went in to see this show and he knew very little about it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but he went in and saw it. He thought it was amazing. And he thought this just had to be done. So he very quickly announced that he was buying the film rights to this. And basically from there, he's kind of got the ball rolling. So on June 25th, 2019, so a little over a year ago, it was announced that Meryl Streep, James Corbin, Andrew Reynolds, and Nicole Kidman were all cast as the leads with Keegan-Michael Keel joining them. And originally it was going to be Aquafina playing the role of the uh, Kevin Chamberlain publicist character. But due to a scheduling conflict, they had to swap her out for Kevin Chamberlain. And originally it was going to be Ariana Grande playing the Alyssa Green, Ariana DeBose role. However, due to her concert conflicts, she was swapped out. No, I'm so glad that they went with with Ariana DeBose because I think she is a far superior singer. Agreed. And and also I think casting Ariana Grande would have detracted because she's Ariana Grande. Like it would have yeah. been too star, like too celebrity that like, like it would have been very hard to see Alyssa Green. She's also now a persona of herself. Yes. Like, do you know what I mean? Like anyone that is that, and I'm not talking like James Corden or Meryl Streep famous. That's a different. Yes. I'm talking rock star famous. Yeah. There's a certain persona. Like if you cast Katy Perry in something, you're going to be like, mm, it's, it's Katy, Katy Perry. Perry. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Or like last year, cats. Oh, there's Taylor Swift coming down on a moon drugging everyone. <laughs> yeah. In the yeah. slinkiest cat outfit possible. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you don't it that 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 really requires radical imagination to be able to separate them out. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Ariana DeBose was a far better casting choice. But I do like Aquafina, and I think she's hilarious. Oh, she's so good. She's going to be playing Scuttle in the upcoming Little Mermaid live-action film. Oh, that's genius. <laughs> I cannot wait to see her play a seagull. Um, um, I kind of love that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, basically, filming uh, commenced on December 11th, 2019. And, by, uh, and then on March 12th, 2020, production was suspended due to COVID. However, they were able to wrap filming with only two days of second unit filming left. Uh, so oh, they resumed wow. mid-April, got it done, and then and, and then basically they were able to get it out by December 11th on Netflix. So Good for them. Way yeah. to go, Ryan Murphy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's kind of the production yeah, I history. I have to say, I'm kind of a fan of his work. Look it. I will self-identify as a glee head. I don't want yeah. a gleek. Uh, gleek, yeah, a it's a gleek. A gleek. Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, I forget what it, the yeah. term is. Mm-hmm. I own it. Yeah, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I lived for it when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have it like on repeat in my car, and you know, I loved it. I loved Ratchet. I found it fascinating to watch. I loved his cinematography. I loved the choices. Yes. I loved the aesthetic of it. His yes. aesthetics are phenomenal. Yes. And there's always an element of camp. Yes. And he is. did Hollywood. He's doing American Crime Story. He's just, he's, he's, an, he's an aesthete. And yes. I, I love that. I, I, he creates television that is operatic. Mm-hmm. Agreed. That is how I would describe his evolution from Glee into where he is right now. 
I think my only problem with Ryan Murphy is when he isn't tied down to a specific bit of bit of storytelling. However, something he falls into, and I found this throughout his 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 various series, is that he sometimes gets a little bit too overindulgent in plot lines and story arcs to the point where then they start suffering and <coughs> and nothing ever comes out fully baked. You get these half done yeah. situations. And I think I and I think that kind of and I hate I kind of say that that kind of happens here too in the prom where there are certain plot elements that are half cooked. Okay, hold what on. It's half cooked. Definitely Alyssa Green and her mom. I mean, the fact that we get at this big bomb drop of but that's not him. That's the writers. Yeah, but even then, it's storytelling. Like, I, 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 I as a storyteller, you should know when you're adapting something. Like, did we need the comment about? the missing dad in, in that story didn't really add much. It was kind of like a, a weird left or like out of left field lyric where it was like, why is that there? Unless we're going to actually like get more into that with the mom. Cause it gives her, it's, but we can't get into every character's backstory. But They're if, living it. They're living it. And that was the writers. That's not Ryan Murphy. Fair, fair, fair. I think some of it, some of it is, I mean, some of the lyrics are a little bit. Yeah. They're a little bit simplistic. A little bit hallmarky. Yeah. But there's also, like, there's nuggets left, yes. right? Oh, absolutely. The Alyssa Green song definitely has depth. It's just there's that one left out of left field comment about the dad where I'm like, why is that being set up more? That definitely should be a talking point between the mom and the daughter. But every scene we've had, they've never brought that up. <laughs> I know. It's, like, I know. It's, it's, it's such a weird comment. And that's something where, like, as a storyteller, I would have gone... Cut that line. That line is too jarring for this. I mean, oh, it's a I great character. See, I didn't. I I was like, oh, hmm. that puts things into a little bit of context. Interesting. Yeah. Either way, so why don't let's do this? So, okay. Ryan Murphy directed this. Uh, let us break this down. So first off, Autumn, let's go through the cast, and we're going to kind of give a bit of a rundown of how we thought their performances were, great. and then do it. And then we'll talk about what our favorite songs of, of the film were because, oh, and the, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about our favorite songs and then, and then we'll wrap up with what do we think was the weakest part of the film that maybe could have been fixed. I, I, I already know what mine is. Um, this is one that, that bugged me to no end watching this movie multiple times. Um, All right. And, and then I can't we'll wait end to with the it is. I know. I feel like we should start with that. No, no. We'll go through the positives first. So let's do this. So okay. what were your thoughts about Meryl Streep in this film? Because obviously this is her third movie musical. She's clearly playing the, she's acting up to the hilt, being kind of like Patti Lapone level of, of, of caricature with this role. I mean, Patti Lapone could have played this role, to be honest. What I love most about this story mm -hmm. is that we have one character mm -hmm. who is truly the anchor mm -hmm. of this whole thing. Yes. And yes. that is Emma. Yeah. Because she knows what she wants. She mm -hmm. knows um, how difficult it is. She's brave. Yeah. And then you get all of these other people yes. that are, are not themselves. Mm -hmm. Their performances can't be performances of themselves. Mm -hmm. um, except the principal. The principal also kind of knows himself. I was about to say, King um, Michael Keel was definitely the most grounded character that entire yeah. piece. I would say Emma is yeah. a little bit growing into being that grounded character, but that's her but journey. It's growing into their, it's growing into that 
leadership role that she's going to take in the world. Yeah, I mean, she's still a teenager. Yeah, exactly. Then that's her journey. Kiko Michael knows like knows himself to a T where he goes, I'm a single man from from the Midwest who likes Broadway shows. I'm I'm a very niche audience. But his song that he sings is gorgeous. I I, I won't get more to that when we get into him. But his chemistry with Meryl Streep, who, by the way, you would not know she is 71 doing this role. No. Like, she does not look 71 years old. She looks fantastic for her age. And she yeah. kills this character. Like, she go, like, when, like we're going we're gonna to get into this for sure. Uh, but as you said, they're caricatures at the beginning. Like, they're very broad. And I mean, the whole number of, but it's not about me, is very big. But then as the story goes along, Meryl Streep was very good at subtly refining her character down to back to that classic girl from the Midwest. Who what I, came from that background? Who built herself up to being this big, bigger persona that she's able to strip that away and become human as the story goes along. Ah, yes. And she, I think that's what Meryl Streep does really well is that she goes from broad to human. But that she's not the only one. Well, they all go through that experience. That's part of the journey. It's, it's kind of like one that does that. It's kind of like <laughs> Music Man. It's it's like Harold Hill showing up in in, in like River City, <laughs> and by the end, he's become a human and not this caricature huckster trying to sell band instruments Meryl Streep goes in with that big level of grandness and then she by the end she has become whole again like she's moving off from her divorce she's found a partner in life who truly cares for her like it's a beautiful journey for that for her world for her character I think it's a beautiful journey for all of their characters yes to be quite honest because you know I'm going to be met with some resistance here. Okay. But, you know, act, acting, the industry mm-hmm. can be can be terribly narcissistic. You don't say. Well, you know, I look, people go into the arts for different reasons, but they're, yeah. they're you know, you, when you put yourself out there in, in a big way, most actors, when they're growing up, are oddballs they're the outcasts i'm raising my hand here um because we don't fit the norm and i'm watching yeah. i'm watching reed go through this right now mm-hmm. and he's trying so hard to be normal oh, and i'm like be yourself buddy you're boring you're yeah. boring when you're normal be yourself be I, your fun loving self but i get it i get, I get that it. journey i get that journey we both know that and the yes. adversity and i think that's why you know, um, it's interesting that the one person that didn't need to escape sings the song about escaping. Yes. And every other person other than Emma has escaped their narratives. Mm-hmm. Barry has escaped his coming out. Yeah. Uh, Meryl Streep has escaped her small town life and her catastrophic uh, marriage. Yeah. Nicole Kidman's character has, uh, you know, uh, escaped being a chorus girl. Yes. Like this is, they, they, it's, it's kind of, it's an element of drag almost. Mm-hmm. They are, they are performing mm-hmm. another version of themselves that they think will be acceptable. Mm-hmm. Is really important. Mm-hmm. They think will be acceptable to the masses. 
Yes, absolutely. I mean, watch the first song Meryl Streep does, which is the opening of Eleanor the musical. Mm-hmm. And she's and she's playing that bigger character that we've all seen on the red carpet, the bigger celebrity character. The only one. No, they all do it. They all do it. I mean, I mean, James Corbin does, but we're not going to get into him yet. We're saving him for the end because he's the big question of what we think of him. So we're going to save him for a bit. But yeah, Meryl Streep, like, just she is just so wonderful in this performance. And her singing voice, like, holy cow. Like, when she goes I, to Bells, like, it is good. A woman who's known for her belt. Sing it, Eleanor! Her belt! But it's not about me. It is good. Think about her from Mamma Mia when she was just starting out as a movie musical singer to now. Like, there's a total journey in there. Like, now she's done Sondheim. Like, she totally has. Like, I would cast her in any movie musical at this point. Like, she is so strong in her vocals now that I go, you can do it. Like, I, 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 I do not question. No, I don't either. Like, why did they I, cast her as Grizabella in Cats? Like, she would oh have been a much God. better Grizabella than, than, than Jennifer Hudson. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? I would have, I would have wept. Yes. She actually would have made I the song Memory Work. What is great about Meryl Streep, and I, she holds her energy. Mm-hmm. Until that last moment, we could just see her eyes starting to well up and then she sucks it back down again. Yes. And she holds it. And it's it's this huge struggle. The mm-hmm. only person I know that can do it as well mm-hmm. is Amelda Staunton. Yes. Watching her mm-hmm. do Rose's turn. Mm-hmm. She's so, it's like an excavation. Like yes. the depths She's vibrating. Of She's are coming yeah. up through her body. Yes. And I feel that watching Meryl Streep, I find Meryl Streep, she, mm-hmm. she, and people love her or they hate her. Yeah. And I don't understand the haters. I yeah. don't really get it. Yeah. Um, because I, I'm, yeah. I just don't understand the, the craft then. I mean, like, just watch Meryl Streep in the scene where Emma comes into the fake prom. And Meryl Streep, Lily has the silent tear go down her cheek watching Emma's reaction to things. And it's a journey of that scene where she comes and going, something's wrong. And then she realizes what's wrong and, and, and how badly this hurts. And she yeah. totally conveys the entire journey of this character going, these people are so cruel and she, and she's feeling the then pain. She goes that's yeah. what, yeah, that's yeah. why I love. Like, and then she steals herself up again. Opposites. Yeah. She harnesses them and she plays yes. with them. Yes. But even in that, um, that the lady is improving, the yes. desperation mm-hmm. in the comedy. Yeah. She's, she's like, yeah, she's a great drama actor, but she's she a comedy. And because she, there's always the tragedy that's, that's, that's buried beneath it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. So that's uh, Meryl Streep. Okay. Beauty. What do we think of Joe Ellen Pellman as Emma? I think she was sweet. I think, you know, I, uh, she, I thought she was great. I thought she was normal mm-hmm. and just, it, it worked. She worked. Mm-hmm. She yeah. worked. 
Yeah, uh, played well against all the uh, against all the A-list talent for sure. Yeah, like it was about her and yeah. unruly heart is mm-hmm. her it's voice is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. She's like her voice is stunning. She was normal. Like watching her do Fosse was a bit of a hot mess, but it should have been. Yeah, she's a teenager. I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. But I appreciated that. I appreciated that it wasn't all glossy and mm-hmm. and I really bought that she was in love with Ariana DeBoss. Like I yeah. I really I really bought that. Yeah. And yeah. her journey was mm-hmm. was great. Yeah. I mean well, I for the most part, I loved her performance. The only thing that bugged me a little bit was that sometimes she was a little, a little bit too happy and smiley. Where like that first song she sings, which is "Just Breathe." Breathe. Just breathe, Emma. Picture a beach with golden sand. Just breathe, Emma. Picture a Xanax in your hand. Try journaling or start a blog. Just which i'm like why are you smiling so much like you are in a like this is a very struggling time for your character of proms me canceled the whole school is now really turning against you like I, I, but yet but yet you're walking down the hall smiling it's like can we see a little bit more struggle there i mean everywhere else you did great like that scene at the fake prom heartbreaking to watch your reactions in that scene like it just destroys your heart in that moment. But that, that was the one song where I was like, let's smile on this. And also why are there so many freaking gym classes? Like she's swimming, she's playing dodgeball. Like what the, like what's right. with every freaking gym class in here? Like, like, like where else? Like, like, well, like, you're throwing, like a science class or, a, or like something else in there, a history class. Like, why does it have to be like, like, I love the swimming, but like, why are we playing dodgeball now? So, so it's like, let's all throw balls at the odd one out. It's yeah. like, it's well. like, that's an image we that, that that's an old image, Ryan. Like gets gets on the new in there. Yeah, um, I I like there wasn't a lot of there wasn't I didn't there wasn't a lot of overt mm-hmm. homophobia, which was interesting. Yeah, if uh, it could have ratcheted that up a little bit to really create that tension. But mind you, I wonder if you ratcheted up too much. Then is the quick change that the other teenagers go through at the mall is that then too unbelievable like unbelievable that if you ratchet it up to such a big level to so being so realistic that then when you have such a quick change of character does that then become too jarring but if you keep it toned down a little bit does that I, then allow that tra- that transformation to be a little bit more palatable overall all right overall though i mean joe ellen uh Pelman, fantastic and then we I, I do have to mention her and Ar- ariana debose have actually started a whole new foundation uh, to support LGBTQIA plus folks. Um, and it is called Unruly Heart Initiative. So good for her. Like she's taking your, this character and actually making it a real, uh, uh, making it into, into a real cause. 
So good on her. All right. So next we have Nicole Kidman, which she's Nicole Kidman. I mean, that Fosse number, fantastic. Give it some zazz. There's no contest for a girl who has some razzmatazz. So call that bluff and strut your stuff like no chicken this hick town has. Instead of giving up. Oh, give it some zazz. I, 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 what can you say? Yeah. She's She's gorgeous. Yeah. But inside, like inside and out. I love. She has the heart of gold of this story. I was, I was really surprised because sometimes she can be um, like a lot of times I find her a little bit aloof. Yeah. Um, But here, like she was just kind of like there was, there was a caricature of the traditional blonde. Yes. um, Chorus girl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But she nailed it, and she brought joy and hope. She and... she was the positive beacon of the entire story, where throughout the entire experience, like whether or not she's sitting in the back of the bus at the uh un, like non equity touring production of Godspell, and she's there singing with them. She shows up at the hotel, positive vibe. She's the one that t- she's the one that brings Emma out of her funk following the fake. I have prom. met a ton of. People exactly like her. Like mm. she, yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and also I have to say, I love the joke they do about who's, about which celebrity is starring in Chicago. Like Chris Jenner, mm-hmm. Tina Louise, like all these name, names. And it's like, so true. Like once again, it's one of those great Broadway inside jokes that she just nails perfectly. Yes. That if you get it, you get it. And it's wonderful. Yeah, it is. So yeah, Nicole Kidman. Like there are a lot of really great jokes in this show. Like so like, many, so 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 many. But the yeah, lyrics are awesome. Like yeah. everything. I well, hold on. We'll we'll, we'll get into the lyrics. Okay. We're 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 gonna get to the lyrics because okay. I do I do have some problems with some of the lyrics. Um, okay. But Keegan Michael Key Key though as Principal Hawkins, who right. I want to say is the unsung hero of this story. Yes. Like right from the top of the film, he is an advocate. He is fighting for Emma and he is willing to take on that fight and not be pushed around by the PTA. He cares about every one of his students, even the ones that eat the urinal cakes that we get that I'm... little bit of in, in that office scene. But even then, like he is caring enough to care for these students and make sure that he doesn't have to call poison control on them. Like, 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 he, like he is such a great kid. Urinal cakes. Yeah. Don't get me in. Don't get me into those. Yeah. Uh, um he what is what is lovely about that narrative is that he is a straight man. Mm-hmm. And she says that she calls him out on it, right? Mm-hmm. Um the fact the one fact about this musical that, that drives me insane is that he's so progressive and yet there's no drama program at the school. Probably because the PTA was blocking it. I don't know. But yeah. Ariana DeBose says, well, I'm either going to be uh, a cheerleader or be an actress. Mm-hmm. There's no drama program. So that narrative line doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. So Keegan-Michael Key as Principal Hawkins, fantastic. Like such right. a wonderful character to back like throughout the entire piece. I was always in, I was always in the Keegan-Michael Key camp. 
throughout the entire piece. And I have to say his song, um, We Look to You, beautifully heartbreaking. We look to you in good times and bad. The worlds you create make the real ones seem less sad. The curtain goes up and every now and then it feels as if we're coming home again. Yes, coming home again. It's and great. I, yeah. And I also have to say, as a uh, as a heterosexual male who is in theater, I totally identify with Keegan Michael Key's continual assumptive struggle that because you're a male in theater, you're gay. And he's like, no, I'm straight. And it's like, amount of times I've had to say that to people. I was like, I get this entirely. So yeah. I totally was able to identify with that character. Um, okay, let's get in to Andrew Reynolds as Trent Oliver. Oh my God. A great comedic character who I love how Meryl Streep is, is continually wanting to kill Trent throughout the entire thing. I mean, the whole roller, the whole monster truck rally had me crying with laughter. My. <laughs> it was so so good that leather all america jacket it was like it was so perfect and the and the non-professional god spell yes that's like one of the most brilliant ways to get an ensemble performance cast to be in your show is make them a non-equity performance touring production of god so that's gonna go do the guantanamo bay base <laughs> to perform god spell <laughs> Like, like, and he just sells the whole narcissistic side of his character, the whole Juilliard thing. Like, we've all met those people who love to flash their credentials. Like, I'm a bartender, but I've been to Juilliard. Exactly. <laughs> like, we've all met that. And once, but once again, he has that great journey from caricature to human, where yeah. where he goes from broad actor to being this voice of change in this community like he is truly I, I actually want to say he's kind of really the real harold hill of the story where he oh, where he's totally. the one that comes in actually i would actually love to see andrew Reynolds play harold hill oh um, but i mean i mean he just comes into this community and he sees the problem and he goes and confronts it head on like yeah. he has no cons with going up to those kids in the mall and being like check yourself like yeah. It's great. Yeah. He just totally and, kills it. I mean, and he's over the top camp out there. Yeah, yeah. And it's mm -hmm. great. Like it the, works. If the acceptance song and and um uh Love Thy Neighbor were mm. were sung seriously, those kids wouldn't buy it. Yes. Shelby, you seem sweet to me. But if it your virginity we'll be stoning you and your family as well what? or we could use some common sense instead when you're lost it always helps recalling those immortal words that jesus said there's one rule that trumps them all love thy neighbor Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's got to be. It's got to be something accessible. Yeah. 
that's what makes this musical so successful. Like it, it has a lot of opposites in it. And mm-hmm. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. I love it. I loved it. I, I love him. Mm-hmm. The acceptance song is like my number one hit. Save now. that. Save those comments because 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 because, because we're going to get to our favorite song. So don't worry. We're going to get there, Autumn. We're getting there. Very I, soon. Yeah, okay. It's on my hit. It's on my top list. Agreed. Um, okay. So Andrew Reynolds, great, great supporting character who is wonderful. I would totally want him as my drama teacher uh, in, oh in high God. school. Like oh he, like he'd be a fantastic drama teacher. Oh my God. Um, okay. So then we have Ariana DeBose as Alyssa Green, who could have been a thankless kind of the other girl role, but Ariana DeBose makes you feel for her character. Like you see that struggle throughout the entire yeah. film. Like in and, and, and that Alyssa Green song that's called Alyssa Green, where she's explaining the struggle that she goes through every day and being in her social like social position. Ribbons you, must well, be blue. Yeah. Yes. No, it's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The A's must be straight. Like I love that line. The hair has to be perfect. The A's have to be straight. You have to join the debate club on that. There's no debate. You'll have Bible camp each summer to keep you pure and clean. Endless rules apply when you're Alyssa Green. Trophies have to be first place. Ribbons have to be blue. There's always some competition or hoops for jumping through. Your moms may It's such the a great line. Be great. Yeah, it's great. And it and the um, struggle is there within that character that in 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 another performer's hands, you could totally <coughs> miss that struggle. And the scene where she finally comes out to her mom, uh, like you want to talk about a gut-wrenching moment of a story. Oh, uh, what a mess. I was a mess. I, I I the line where she goes, I already am struggling. Like I, 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 you think you're protecting me, but really, like I'm already struggling. I'm already in pain, and she and she sells that moment and that pain. Well, and just the and, and the, the journey of that role, being afraid to come out as who you really are, mm-hmm. is is traumatic. It's yes. it's traumatic, mm-hmm. and you know what what that role did for me. Mm-hmm. And listen, and I've I've had Alyssa Green on repeat too because I'm overwhelmed by it. Mm-hmm. It for me, it a, on my personal journey, mm-hmm. uh, I was able to find forgiveness mm-hmm. from for things that and people that hurt me in the past. Mm-hmm. So that that was huge. It's not her journey is awful. Yeah, to to think that. And James Corden's journey is awful. We're getting to him. Don't worry. We're I know getting to we him. are. I know we are. But I need to do the comparative. Yeah. Oh, you absolutely do. They have very similar stories. Uh, like the idea that your parents don't love you unconditionally. Mm-hmm. That is, and you know, sometimes our kids say things um, about their journey. And I'm like, oh, that's really hard. Mm-hmm. It's really and I, you know, I have to say, um, my coming out journey has been, was very easy. Mm-hmm. 
because my parents have loved me unconditionally. They always will. They always have. Mm -hmm. They are the best parents in the world. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying it here because they've loved me unconditionally all, all the times I could, they, no matter what I do in this world, they, they, they love me. And mm -hmm. I, I, that is always my goal with the kids too, is to mm -hmm. love them unconditionally. That's how I've been taught to walk through the world. Mm -hmm. But my partner at that age, um, <laughs> became my wife, um, did not, her father did not speak to her for three years. Her mother was Carrie Washington. She mm. was. So really, it, for me, it was really hard to watch because going through that journey yeah. and, you know, watching, mm -hmm. like, uh, I would be very much the Emma watching, you know, mm -hmm. my my partner at the time take her a boy to prom with her. Mm -hmm. But even Emma has major struggle. I mean, I mean, the whole plot line that her parents kicked her out and it was her grandma yeah. who... Took her to mind. All three of these LGBTQ characters all have very painful histories where they all have had family members reject who yeah. they truly really are. And it's and it's so painful. And I'm glad they uh, made that a thing. And, and, and that it wasn't all roses. And every time somebody comes out, it was this big happy occasion that I just, I just that, have that to, was struggle. Yeah. I just have to say, I don't understand it, Mac. I, I don't, don't either. From a human perspective mm -hmm. i i don't like i i don't understand leaving your kid in the the dust because of some book that has been taught to you mm -hmm. in the name like that uh, well, we'll get to love thy neighbor but i yes. it's such an important song mm-hmm mm -hmm. it's so important and i mm -hmm. love that it's done in kind of a comedic style but listen to those words. Yes. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. Definitely listen to the words. Uh, and judge if you if you cannot cast that stone into don't. the into the glass without it breaking, mm -hmm. don't you dare judge. Yeah. Uh, no. Oh. Mm -hmm. yeah. No. But yeah, Ariana Debose, fantastic, right. fantastic character. But let's get to Harry Washington, Washington whose yeah. character doesn't even get a first name. She's only called Mrs. Green. So, just, so I think this is the most underdeveloped character of the piece. And the fact that you put a BIPOC woman in this role as the antagonist is really troubling, to be honest. I, That's I, I, the problem I, with this musical. Like, I struggle with that. Problem. Nothing else is the problem with casting. Mm -hmm. That bit of casting is the problem. Kerry Washington is great in the role. Why? Why did you cast the one supposed villain of the piece as a black woman mm -hmm. that i like in indiana yeah like what i that to me sends a, a way worse um message. vibe yeah. out there like that that sends a message out there that is way worse than what james corden could ever do in this film agreed and there i've said it i've dropped the J.C. Bomb, James Corden, Christmas time. Mm -hmm. J.C., did you get yeah. it? Yeah, I did. I, I got you. I got you. Yeah. Um, but that that casting of a black woman as the antagonist, as the myopic, mm -hmm. small-minded person uh, is the issue. 
Yeah, I mean, for me... They should have cast Kristen Chenoweth. Oh, she would have been fantastic in that role. Um, or even like Christine Baranski would have been good too. Um, Anybody. Anybody. I mean, for me, I think my bigger struggle is that I wouldn't mind Carrie Washington in this role if they had developed her further and given her her own song, her, like, her made clearer her character motivations than just the stereotypical paint-by-numbers, small-minded... PTA leader. Like that's where I like, like that's where I go. There's the problem is that they didn't develop that character far enough to me that it just became a caricature. It's almost like when we talk about in our Christmas Carol episode where you go the the Jacob Marley song with the Klezmer music where they fell back on caricature and stereotype. Here they went we need a, we need a PT the villain of the piece is going to be the the stereotypical evil PTA. Versus being like, I didn't get that. I thought Carrie Washington fleshed that out enough. They could have gone further. They could have gone way further with that, with with that fleshing out. Like, why doesn't Carrie Washington get a song voicing her side of the argument? As much as we may not agree with the argument, at least give her a song to voice that argument. Versus these little weird little noise clips that like, or these little like two minute scenes where she's opposing the situation. Give her some agency in the character and give I her. I thought that she had agency. See, I disagree with you. I thought she had enough agency and it's not about her. So she's the antagonist. Like she, she deserves just as much story built in as Billy Bigelow does with soliloquy. Like, like, no, 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 no. She does not deserve Billy, but Bigelow's soliloquy. I I don't mean literally the character. She's not a minor character. She is the driver. She is the driving roadblock of the piece that spearheads no, the big problem. She is the voice of the town. The town is the roadblock. So then even then, give the town wow. a better voice. That like uh, the, town uh, voiced, the town is voiced through her, through the other PTA members, and through the students of the school. You've got there's not enough. The- there's not enough given to her. I think I think I think Mrs. Green, first of all, deserves a first name. First of all, like give her any first name other than no name at all. Like even Barry's mom gets it, gets a first name. But the fact that Mrs. Green doesn't, and it's this thing of she's given these great moments to shine. Like I, I, like the scene where she comes back to her daughter at the end is beautiful. There's that little moment where she's looking in the mirror before they head off to fake prom, where you know she's done something bad, but you don't know what it is yet. While you're watching her gloat in the mirror, and it's like, give her something looking out for her daughter. I got that. I, I got, got that too, but I wanted more. I wanted more for her character. I wanted, I wanted their. I didn't need more. Like humanize that antagonist. That's what Billy Bigelow's soliloquy song does. Is it humanizes him? You need a moment to humanize her character before the end. You need something to understand people. why she's doing what she's doing. But because I'm none of these characters that. get. Yeah. A lot of people fuck up the soliloquy mm-hmm. and he's the major character. Mm-hmm. She's not the major character in this piece. It's not about her. It's not about me. It's not about her. And what it does, and the reason why she doesn't have a first name mm-hmm. is because her her idea of escaping is through what she used to have with her husband. So mm-hmm. that's why she doesn't have a la- like a first name. Because she wants to identify solely through that lens of being someone's wife. 
but the husband isn't there. The husband's left. So the fact we don't get that plot line fleshed she's out further. She's in denial of that. She's in denial of that. You don't need a plot line. You get that in that one lyric in Alyssa Green where she says she wants my dad to come back. Mm-hmm. She thinks of I'm all of this. That line is crucial to the other character's plot development because you go, oh, it start, it goes click. And then you go back and you go, I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. This is her, she is her trophy. Mm-hmm. Her child is her trophy. And you can't, what I love about Carrie Washington in this role and in the interview that I saw with her, she said, I cannot judge her because she was trying to do what was best for her child. Yeah. But she wasn't. Mm-hmm. She was trying to do what she thought was best for her child. Yes. Well, once again, Not what the, the child actually wanted. Well, yeah. So, I mean, that's the other big thing is that her character isn't playing with the full deck of cards. She doesn't know that her daughter is, is gay. So, so she thinks she's doing what's best because that's all she knows. She doesn't know this hidden element of her daughter that hasn't come out yet. Even so she if can't, so, so she, so you can't out, fault her for that. She would, phase. she would call it a phase if she, if it hadn't happened the way it happened. Mm-hmm. If Ariana DeBose came out, character came out earlier, she'd be like, "It's a phase, right? Don't it's a it's just a phase," and she would deny it because her social status meant more to her. And trust me on this, Mac. I have been through this journey. I have I, been. I trust you with my ex. Mm-hmm. The idea that someone else might say something bad about my child. Mm-hmm. So therefore I hide my child and who they really are in the world mm-hmm. to protect them mm-hmm. would be who what she would do. Mm-hmm. So it needed to happen this way. And she had, for me, she had exactly enough airtime mm-hmm. um, to do the deeds that she did. And to convince the town and convince the council and reinforce the small, the small town mentality, which is not so much about hate, by the way, Uh it's about ignorance. Uh It's, you know, I living in a small town now, it's not something that we are confronted with every day. Uh So thoughts go to the back burner. Uh It's not at the forefront of who we are and how we address the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And therefore, because we don't talk about it, we're not curious about it. And therefore it becomes more othered and segregated. Mm-hmm. And then that's where people find hate, hateful rhetoric. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, I don't think it's meant out of a place of hate. Oh, I agree. I agree. I think it's what I, 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 I and I think that's why um, uh, the character, like the, the high school characters transform I don't know, so quickly once it's explained to them by Andrew Reynolds' character in the song, which we're going to get to, is because it doesn't come from a place of hate. It comes from a place of misunderstanding in this town. And, mm-hmm. I, think, and I think that's the bigger picture there. But either way, Kerry Washington does a great job with this very thankless role that... Yes. I don't think it's thankless, though. I think she made it. I was grateful for her by the end. I was of grateful for. I was grateful for Carrie Washington. I think the role is a thankless role because of. I still believe it's. I still believe there's more to develop with that character that I think you could give a little bit All more right. to her. I, well, I I firmly believe that, especially if you're going to cast a BIPOC actress in this role. 
They deserve well, a little that, more development. That was stupid. That you cannot that that was a big mistake. Yeah. That one was the mistake. Yeah. So yes. She rocked it, but it she was did. a mistake. She did. Okay. But now, Autumn, let's get to the big one. The one that I'm sure everybody is wondering, what do we think of this? But it is James Corden as Barry Glickman. Mm-hmm. Do you want to lead this or shall I lead this? Because I will lead it. All right, you lead it. I will lead it. Do it, Autumn. Because, you know, mm-hmm. I want to. <laughs> you should. You should. As a member um, of the LGBTQIA plus community, I think you are at a stronger place to talk about this character in this representation than a heterosexual white male like myself. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. Great. Take uh, it away. Yes. So, much contested. I went in wanting to hate him. I hated his Bustopher Jones in Cats last year. I thought he was a mockery. I was like, what the hell? I was not a huge fan of his Baker and Into the Woods. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, where's Chip Zion? Mm-hmm. Um... I've, uh, you know, I, I'm also armed with the idea that, you know, he is a very well-respected stage actor. Mm-hmm. Tony winning stage actor. Tony, Olivier, mm-hmm. like all of, all of the things, mm-hmm. like the rest of everybody was like, why do they cast James Corden in this? Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, there are gay actors out there that could do it. In fact, BuzzFeed suggests Andrew Rannells as an option. I'm like, you're idiots. He's already playing a <laughs> another role. <laughs> what is he going to do? Clone himself and play both? He, for the most part, he fits mm-hmm. this role. He's mm-hmm. a bit of a diva. Mm-hmm. He, um, he is a larger in stature, which is paramount to the narrative because there's lyrics in there that state that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, he's not gay. He he is not gay, uh, which means, oh, he's an actor. Friends, he, this is called acting. This is, we, this, this is acting. He is an actor who is um, playing a role. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be offended at the beginning. I'm like, Oh, this is over the top. However, his over the top campness mm-hmm. was met by Meryl Streep, who was equally as camp. And then enter Nicole Kidman. Doing Fosse moves as she walks. Camp. <laughs> so I, I was not offended by his performance. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be. I really I was ready for you to rip him apart. (laughs) I was going to like that opening number. I'm like, oh, God, dear Lord, what is happening? Let's talk process. When I'm in character, I go insane. I stagger, I stammer, I sob. I make the audiences feel my pain. And if they don't leave depressed, then I've not done my job. Each time I find a role like Eleanor, the artist inside of me thrives. I pull on that wig and those prosthetic teeth and know I'm changing lives. And then he met Meryl Streep's pain mm-hmm. in a way that I didn't, I did not think was possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It actually chokes me. He made me cry mm-hmm. when I when I think about him. And I think 
you know, look at friends. I wish, I wish we were in a place where we could all play roles that um, fit us to a T. But is that acting? That's my first question about that. If we are just playing different versions of ourselves, is that acting? That's my question. Mm-hmm. Number two, um, if you if Ryan Murphy had cast someone that was not James Corden, what would the appeal to the masses? Remember, we talked about this, the masses earlier. Mm-hmm. Would it have been as great? Now, I I'm entering this uh, conversation with the utmost empathy. And I look, I understand the struggle. I've lived the struggle, but I'm also really aware that the story, this story and the, the, I felt he honored it. Mm-hmm. I felt his journey to the end. And when he dropped into moments, Mac, he had me, I was, I was stunned that it was, I forgot it was James Corden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I forgot it was him mm-hmm. and I separated him and I didn't think that was going to be possible. Mm-hmm. Because I wanted, I wanted so much to be that advocate that goes, oh, he shouldn't be playing this role. But mm-hmm. you know what? If James Corden can, it, it's like this conversation we had about Once on this Island, mm-hmm. about popularizing things for the masses. And is that shitty? Yeah, it's shitty that we still have to do that. Friends, we still have to do that. And what is amazing to me is that this movie musical is on Netflix at all. If I, I, I swear to God, James Corden or not, I, I think where, where would I have been differently in my life if this movie came out when I was going to my prom? Mm-hmm. And maybe my partner at that point would have had a better time. And, you know, the cycle of horrific instances around identity and and the struggle would have been lessened and I would have been leading a totally different life, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I think, you know, hate James Corden all you want. If that's what you need to do to have your voice, but look at the bigger picture. That's what I'm asking people to do. I'm asking you to look at the bigger picture and go, this movie was made, it's made, it's out there. People are going to watch it. People like James Corden. They like him. They think he's funny. And you know what? He's also faced adversity. And it's not its not just about I, people. Adversity makes us understand character. Mm-hmm. So I bought him. I bought that he was this awkward kid he was born yeah his father was a musician in the royal air force so he was Mm -hmm. an army kid yeah um and later a salesman of christian books and bibles what is that like what is that like to be to grow up in that environment Mm -hmm. and then uh to to move you know to move through life that way and then go into the arts Mm-hmm. And then take on this role. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I, I think, I think we need to not judge. You need to love thy neighbor, friends, which is James Corden, who got hired 
to do a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he didn't, you know, I know people think it was a caricature. It's written as a caricature. The whole role is written that way. Mm-hmm. And yes, there are a ton of gay actors that could have done it. Nathan Lane is too old. Um, a Titus Burgess would have been great. Alex Newell would have been great, but they don't have the clout that James Corden does. He's making, and I hate to say this, it makes it palatable for the masses. So if we can swallow our little pills a bit at the time, we are not going to affect change overnight. It doesn't happen overnight. So it comes in small little bits one conversation at a time, one Netflix watch at a time. Mm-hmm. Your heart has to be in that advocacy place. You have to realize that this, I believe that Ryan Murphy truly meant this to be a piece of advocacy. And he tried to make it palatable for as many people as he could. And that is why he stacked it with Meryl Streep James Corden, Nicole Kidman, Mike, like he stacked this cast. Mm-hmm. So, so people who would not normally watch it would watch it mm-hmm. and get it. Mm-hmm. And does, you know what the, the bigger issue is, does it fucking suck that we still have to do that, that we still can't accept and love thy neighbor? Yes, it does. But you know what? If that's what it takes, I'd rather make the movie put a million James Cordons in it because you know what? He honored, he, he did, he did justice to this work mm-hmm. period. And, um, I will have that conversation with anyone. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like James Corden, I'm sorry, but this, this is just, this is very simple. This is very simple advocacy. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I think it was quite smart on behalf of Ryan Murphy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I I do think so, and you know what? I wish this movie with James Corden, and who knows? Who you know? Yes, James Corden is married. Who knows what his life before this has been? Mm-hmm. Who knows? And why are we judging? Like, let's remove. I just want people to remove labels, and can we just love each other for who we are, for our whole selves, mm-hmm. our whole selves. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I am not just a a gay person. Mm -hmm. I am a woman. I am a mother. I am a parent. I am a daughter. I am an artist. I am an advocate. I am an educator. I am a fucked up human being sometimes. I am all these things. I'm not just, I do not define myself through one lens to make other people in the world happy about who I should be. Mm -hmm. That is exactly... I I just want to challenge everyone and say, I think you're being a little bit of a Mrs. Green. Mm. You're trying to force people into, into what you want them to be. Mm-hmm. Well, friends, here is my offer to you. Go make the movie. If you want to see it different, differently, make the movie, make it. Make it happen. Do versions of it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Do it or accept it. Have the commentary, but really dissect both sides of it. Don't just 
don't just come on strong and and leave it without any further thought. Mm -hmm. Because I have given this a lot of thought. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we just, you know, one person said, oh, well, James Corden's an entertainer. He's not an actor. And I'm like, he is a Tony Award, Olivier Award winning actor. People who started off as a kid in History Boys, yeah, playing the bullied kid. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you he's, I'm sure he was probably bullied. So, absolutely. There you go, because mm-hmm. he's other. He, he is an actor, and it is acting. It mm-hmm. is. We forget that we're mm-hmm. we're so consumed right now with making everything correct that we forget that this is an art form you know if he were overtly homophobic if it were over the top like really bad mm-hmm. i would say something but it, i don't think it was i think he mm-hmm. he really dropped into something and you know um friends go criticize john travolta and hairspray mm-hmm. there are a lot of people who have who have taken on the roles of gay characters Robin Williams and, hey. and, and on the birdcage. He isn't gay, but he, yet, yet he plays the dad in that. Well, and he was super camp. Yeah. So if you want to go there, go there. Mm-hmm. Go there. Mm-hmm. But then you can debate, well, it was a different time. Mm-hmm. We're growing. We're learning. Mm-hmm. You, there has to be room for growth and yes. learning. Mm-hmm. And I, I the, the conversations as they're happening... Mm-hmm. are not allowing for that growth. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was a that was a whole but I thought he was good. Yeah. All right. So for me, so I also went in ready to hate on James Corden because I had read the early reviews and I was like, is it really this bad to the point of yeah. uh of getting lambasted like like uh, Russell Crowe and Lame is with his singing. However, like you, I saw I, I was watching the first song where it's the red carpet of Eleanor the musical, and I was like, "Oh boy, we're in for a journey here." It, this is the accent, that very flamboyant, lisping accent. I but didn't get a lisp. There, yeah. there is a little bit of a lisp, in my opinion. Um, either way, so I, I was like, "What the heck is this?" But then, as Autumn said. It's settled and, 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 and it worked. And that facade that he has of this big flamboyant Broadway actor cha- melts as the story goes along. Like watch him in the scenes, like if, for example, in the, in the tour bus scene where he still has that bit of a heavier accent to by the time he gets to the end where he's with his mom and there is none and he's literally just speaking. And he's and, he, and there's a journey in that where this it's this facade that he's put up as a protection barrier drops and he's able yes. to be human. And that's the journey of, of this character that James Coburn brought. And I think that's what made it such a great piece of work that. Right. Like, is he gay? No. But Chloe Ryan Murphy, who is gay, thought James Corbin could do this role. And, you know, Autumn, you brought something up where it's like. Once we start nitpicking this where it's, well, if you're not gay, then you can't play a character. Then does that mean any LGBTQIA plus performer now can't play a straight character because of their orientation? I 
get it, love it or hate it, James Corden was the one that was cast. It was a choice that Ryan Murphy made. And this type of argument is a very, in my opinion, a slippery slope where you you can't have this thing both ways where you can't say one group can't play one character because of their orientation. While another group can play any character they want despite their orientation. This is a very slippery slope, in my opinion, and we have to be very careful. Obviously, there are certain roles and certain characters that deserve to be played by certain groups of people. Motormouth Maybell should always be played by a BIPOC actress. The roles in Once on this Island should be played by BIPOC actors. Yes. The role of Barry Glickman can't shoot, like, as long as you can hone into that character's pain and their story, you should be able to play that character. There is nothing stopping you unless, like, if James Corbin was gay and he had still played this character this way, would anybody else have a problem with this? Probably not. But because, but because they found this one chink in the armor that they want to exploit, they're going for it. And it's like, just embrace the character in the journey and what, the, and what his character's story is saying, where it's a story about forgiving yourself and, and, and also forgiving others who've wronged you. That's the story of the prom. And James Corbin centers that story. He has some- Beautifully. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Like, like his whole scene with his mom, where he, where he confronts her and goes, you don't get to say this to me. But yet by the end of that conversation, he's heard her and understands her pain and her story of someone who just didn't understand the situation and didn't have the resources in her time to properly give that support that was needed. For a musical that is all about empathy, Mm -hmm. there has not been a lot of it from the public who have been criticizing it. Yeah, agreed. And, you know... My friends in the acting business, it's hard. We like, no, I don't think anyone understands how hard it is in this industry mm-hmm. because you have to be a different version of yourself, not only on stage. Yes, we have to take on many roles. Yeah. However, we have to constantly be performing mm-hmm. so other people will hire us. Oh, um, this theater company wants me to be this thing. Oh, this casting director wants me to be this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not thin enough. I have to lose weight. Like it's constantly, you constantly have to alter yourself to meet the needs of other people. Mm-hmm. And I think they nail that. They nail that. They parody that. James Corbin wants idea- acceptance. That's what he wants. Like, and that's why he takes on the role of FDR because he wants the prestige and clout that taking on a stereotypical big historical role like that would get him. And he's continually struggling. It's like Roger Dupree's and the producers. Autumn, I know you're going to hate me for saying this. Well, you're right. But his you're character's right. journey is about wanting to be accepted and to do something that's going to get him the Tony Award and the prestige that he thinks he deserves in this community. And that is well, what very good men do. And it's the same. Like, uh, actors know the roles that are going to get them the award. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And they know that it's never really about the performance. It's well, about it's political. You, you did such a good job being... Like, Kate Winslet makes fun of herself. Yeah in extras with Ricky Gervais mm-hmm. and stars as a nun yeah. um, in during the Holocaust. And she, and she looks at Ricky Gervais, she goes, 
Yeah, if I do a Holocaust film, I'm sure to get an Oscar. <laughs> the next year. She the wins for the reader. Next year, she won the Oscar for a Holocaust movie. Yeah. I was like, this is brilliant. Yeah. And I think she said something in her award speech. It's like, well, haha, I knew it. You know? Like, yeah. yeah. And, and Meryl Streep calls that out too on the bus where she goes, it's not about my performance as Eleanor Roosevelt. It's about the politics around me that get me the award. And, and, yeah. and that's the game. And, and, that, and, that's, and that's what James Corbin plays at the beginning. He plays someone who is that self-obsessed wanting that acceptance. But by the end, he finds acceptance within himself. himself. Exactly. And that's the journey. And that's what James Corbin does so well. So but both Autumn and I are yeah. in the James Corbin yeah. camp on this. And think about it. Like being an actor, again, we're misfit. We're the island of misfit toys. Mm -hmm. Creative types are the island of misfit toys. Yeah. It's not even about gay, straight, race, religion. Mm -hmm. We are the island of misfit toys because we think mm -hmm. differently. Our brains function mm -hmm. in a different way. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're, and, and, you know, we don't fit into boxes. Mm-hmm. So we should have been into a why, box. Nobody should fit why into are you box. trying to box other people in? Yeah. Why are you trying to label an, like another person's work? Mm -hmm. Let's just, yes. Like, no, don't label anymore. Let's remove the labels. Let's just see people as their full beings. And yeah. ah, yeah. Yeah. Either way ah, though, James Corbin. Uh, yeah, James Corden, we are in support fans. of your performance for this. We are fans. You have converted Autumn, which is, I thought was going to be undoable. I, I, I went with an open heart mm -hmm. and kind of a closed mind because, mm -hmm. you know, who doesn't want to fit in? I wanted to fit in and say the right political, mm -hmm. politically correct thing. Yeah. You know, oh, everyone's saying it's bad and maybe I should say it too. I'm not a sheep, Mackenzie Horner. You're not Autumn. I'm a lion. Yeah. Do so it. I Don't be a sheep. Sheep are barring. <laughs> All right. So now let's get to our favorite song in the movie. Autumn, what was yours? All of them. I do not not have a song I don't like in this film. Agreed. I love I, all the songs too. Is, is, is there one that's particularly stood out to you, though, over time, I, watching and listening to it? The I one mean, that's kind of stuck love, with you that you think has the I love the finale. I love mm -hmm. the acceptance song. Mm -hmm. It kills me. Let us accept one another. I know it's truly hard. We're sister and brother. Here's what I learned at Juilliard. Big tree's not big of me, and it's not big of you. Let's all work together to make rainbow dreams come true. Love Thy Neighbor. The James Corden, I forget the name of it. Which um, one? No, his big solo, the sad. Oh, the, oh, the shopping song. No, it is called. Barry's Going to the Prom. That's it. Yeah. It's strange, but I feel like I'm in a time machine. Cause guess what? It's like I'm suddenly 17. So book a white limo, uncork the dom. After 21 years, I am finally going to prom. There's not a song that I don't like in this. Like everything is 
fits. There's yeah. something like it's a musical where everything fits. Yeah. There's nothing out of place. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect length. Mm-hmm. Like uh, 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 it's time to dance. It's amazing. I love it's a great it. Song. Part I love. Um, Tonight belongs to you. Great company number. Tonight belongs to you. Um, we look to you. A great yes. number. A That's great. my favorite song of the movie because it's done with. Because once again, Kiko Meku Key is not a great singer, but what he does is he sells the authenticity of that song, and you believe the journey of that character in that song, where he where he's yeah. telling the truth about why he likes going to th- to the theater. This straight man from Indiana who who is a high school principal. Why does he like theater? And, and he clarifies because he goes, an escape is not, I forget the exact words. Distraction. Yes, escape is not distraction. Escape is a release. And that's what you give me when I get to go see your shows. There you go. Mm-hmm. Art yeah. is, a, is, is an escape. Yes. Acting is an escape. Mm-hmm. We act mm-hmm. to escape our real lives. Yeah. Ah, interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna leave that little bit of subtext there for y'all. Yes, agreed. I mean, yeah, I mean, but yeah, definitely the "We Look to You" was the one song that stuck with me. Uh, that and also Alyssa Green, which we've already talked about. Those are the two songs that really stuck with me because they were great character songs that really informed deeper understanding of who these characters are. And allow me to connect with them on a deeper level. So definitely those two were my personal faves of the Yeah. Film. Yeah. I I like there's there's not a misstep. I and mm-hmm. the beginning I hated, but I hated it because I live that and yeah. I don't like the grossness of it. Mm-hmm. And I I there's the irony of it, however, was not lost on me. Mm-hmm. The band-aid solution. Mm-hmm. Of fixing the career, yeah, and going to get a cause, yes, was not lost on me. <laughs> so let's now get to uh, what we thought was maybe was the weakest element mm-hmm. of the film. Now, Autumn, do you have one, or, or, or can I start this one? Well, I thought it was going to be James Corden, but I again, I was so pleasantly surprised that yeah. it was not. Yeah, yeah, de- de- definitely um, not James Corden. Um. Can, can I start this one? Because I'm, yes. I'm sure you may t- yes. take into this. Okay, so I had two. I, I had oh. two elements that, that, that really stood out to me as the weaker elements of the story. Okay. Uh, well, you know one. You do? Well, I thought it was going to be the mama's story. No, 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 that's character-based. This is, this is as a film, mm-hmm. as a project overall. And oh. something you've brought up to me a number of times is oh. the not specified dance of this film oh, yeah. choreography mm-hmm. bugged me to no freaking end why yeah. in the hell do you have jocks and these community members who are all fitting into the perfect cookie cutter box doing popping locks and flips that is not their dance language it shouldn't be cool i'm sorry that dance style is a modern dance style. You can have them do it at the end, at the final finale song, not at the first fake prom. That first fake prom should be as Broadway stereotypical classical dance as possible because them doing, yeah, Autumn's mm-hmm. doing the arm length sway or you know what, even doing like a basic jazz square, something that is stereotypical and 
pristine and box cuttery, that is what that da- first dance should be. Like the minute that song, the you happened and the jocks come out and they're doing flips and everything else. I was like, this, this doesn't work. This is totally out of character. And this something Autumn, you and I've talked about on a number of occasions is when you're choreographing dance, that is an extension of the character. So when you're going to choreograph, it needs to be choreographed for character or for a community. Like, I say feel like dance has throwing. become more and more parkour than it is dance. Yes. Yes. Like, well, why? Like, yes. thank God in West, the original West Side Story, there was no acrobatics. Well, there was some acrobatics, but it was all done in character. Like, for example, Bernardo. Yes, he does do the pot de beret wide leg kick up which back then would have been a really cool move. But then it's yeah. right back down to the ground again. It's that continual... But that's not acrobatic. So well, no, well, Riff does that in the film as well, where Riff does flips and tricks. But once again, he that's his character. He is a... a Wired. Yeah, like, yeah, once again, he's playing Mercutio. He's playing the blowhard... Jester. Like, jestery, like, look at me, peacocky character. That is, and that's his character. That's why he's doing those moves. It's very clear. Or, yeah. um, or, or even like if you watch the pro shot of Susan Stroman's choreography in Oklahoma, that was done with Hugh Jackman. Go watch that Farmer and the Cowman dance sequence. The cowboys do dance acrobatically because they're agile, they're lassoing. Like that is who their characters are. The farmers are not. The farmers are doing the lifts. They're very grounded and they're feet planted. Oh, fine. Like, and that's character dancing. Like that is community building with dance language. I and, agree with you. And I, yeah, I, like wow, how how do these kids know how to dance so well? They're right, exactly. They like from their own, mm-hmm. own dance troupe. Like have them do that at the end when they've had that transition and change of character, and now they're breaking out of the box. And yeah, then now they can flip because now they've earned that transformation dance. When you but the girls blow that load, so- boys. Like Any they're cheerleaders. Yeah, well, the girls can flip absolutely. Like uh, the girls can do acrobatics at the end because they know they're breaking out, and it's that and it's that journey of dance throughout the story. It's like it, it's like Footloose. Nobody dances well at the beginning of Footloose because they don't know how to dance. If you start Footloose with everybody doing flips and tricks, your story's lost. Yeah, I agree with you because you know what? If you're a boy dancing in Indiana, mm-hmm. right? If they're outlawing the lesbian. What are they going to do to the gay man? <laughs> right. <laughs> football team apparently yes apparently apparently yeah that was the first thing that's bugged me about it (laughs) yeah which is where jingle jangle excels well and that and that's what had me thinking about the dance was because you were pointed out how good the dancing was in jingle jangle and how you've been i don't want to say harping but you've been really driving the point like in our christmas carol episode about the grave diggers dancing over the grave using shovels as pole vaults like (laughs) it was so offensive (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I I don't even I can't even think about that musical. Anymore. But that's what that flip in, in in you happened reminding me of, where it's like this is dance for the sake of dance, not for the dance for the sake of character, and that was a big letdown to it, me. Was it also it also stereotypes them into being like these gods? What would have happened if he had the flowers and he was running toward her and he he ran and then he fell on his face and then he was like, there you go, like. Give them a little bit of human quality instead mm-hmm. of like these types. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. These like I hate to say it, 
But straight guys are really awkward. And that is- uh, a As a straight thing. male, I can tell you, I'm a very awkward dancer. Like, but I'm saying it's awkward and they would fall flat on their face and they'd get messy. Mm -hmm. And then they'd just get back up again. Goofy, goofy, goofy. Yeah. Once again, footloose. Foot they're loose. goofy. They're not flipping. Yeah, footloose. It's it's footloose. That's what that first dance needed to be. Like, yeah. and the, yeah, so dancing was my first problem. Yeah. My other problem is the writing and how often they bash this community. The, the amount of times they, they made, they, they, uh, the fact that in the first time they called them Bible thumping, cousin loving, like uh, uh, bigoted, like bigoted hicks. And listen, I'm all for calling people out for their prejudice and for and for and for their lack of worldly knowledge, but to like that puts me on, but that now puts me and those characters on the defensive, where it's like, well, no wonder they're going to be up against you because you're coming in insulting them to their core. And, I know that intolerance and acceptance is the story. That's part of the struggle. That's but it's, part of the. Struggle but it wasn't of the part piece. of the struggle. It, it, it was continually made as a joke. That that like these insults were hurled at this community by, by oh, these no, people. No, 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 that's how urbanites view small towns. That's how they. That's how they do. I'm telling you that right now. They they come. I sit here in Muskoka, and and watch people be derogatory, and then on the other side is we in Muskoka, not me because I mm -hmm. am. The best of both worlds. Um, but most people in Muskoka call people from Toronto cityets. City cityets. Cityets. Cityets, yes. Cityets. Mm -hmm. Um and that's just a generally used term mm -hmm. around here that the cityets are coming up. It's the mm -hmm. oh, it's the weekend the cityets are coming. <laughs> I mean, apparently now that's every weekend. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. There is a divide. It's a divide based on class, divide based on ignorance, divide. Mm -hmm. Again, and, and mind you, I don't mind that divide because that is a, that is a thing that exists within these two worlds. However, yeah. the fact that once again, the community who was getting insulted repeatedly throughout the piece didn't have a proper voice to combat that and show that no, we're not this. Like, it, it just but bugged they came me. around in the end. They, they came around in the end. The, the the main characters do, but it's the fact that throughout this entire piece, you're just continually just lambasting the, this community. Like for me, I, I, at first at first it was funny. The first few times you do that joke, it's funny. By the time you're getting to like three songs in and you're still doing this joke, these types but of jokes to them, it, it 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 becomes less funny now and more just. See, I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't, I disagree with that. I think they're also coming from pained pasts where they came from small towns and yeah. were segregated. So that bias is real for mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. um, and I, yeah, it's just not their story. So I, I know you're a small town guy. I'm a, a I, listen, I came from that small town of like Barry as well. I do. I do. But for me, I just went, those jokes for me just went a little bit too far in one direction it felt very one-sided where like once again it's like 
you don't get to hear the other end of the debate. So you're just getting the no. one perspective of uh, uh, of this <laughs> argument. And I don't. The story's not about story's not about them. It's about the people coming in and finding themselves. They find empathy for people at the end. They do. I don't know about that. I think they find empathy for their own stories at the end. And they find people like a uh, Keegan Michael Key, Key who is already kind of like them and is and is like I I I I don't think I don't think they full on accept everybody else in that community. I think it's one of those things of we find people I that you I think they accept the possibility that change can happen. Mm, okay. All right. I just think I, I just think, I just think the ring was a little bit too heavy on the one end of the spectrum, and that it could have been a little bit more balanced and fair to the other end of the spectrum. It's kind of like Democrats and liberals bashing conservatives and Republicans com- repeatedly without actually hearing their end of the story. Oh yes, isn't that an interesting conversation to have? Mm-hmm. Yes, we there. Yes, there is a bit of high horse syndrome, but yes. They're learning. They learn throughout the musical. So the musical is about them. So we have to go on their high horse with them. True. But yes, yes. But a musical that is all about acceptance and tolerance, I wish would have been a little bit less heavy handed and been a little bit more fair to the other end of the spectrum. Because I think this whole. Well, maybe there'll be a sequel. Prom 2. Why not? I mean, I mean, for me, like I just go. You can't have a good conversation and have this open dialogue with the other side if you're just going to keep one side and because now you're just giving them fodder to go the liberal elites the the left will never understand this because they just see us as this way and we go to the other side going well you're just cousin loving bible thumping hicks and, and, and you'll never get us and that doesn't create good conversation so i just go for stories like this you need to be fair to both yeah. sides and yeah i, I don't know. think this musical fully delivered on the on the both sides of the argument get their fair share like uh, uh, once again it ties yeah. back to Mrs. Green and the cheerleaders yeah. where where like we don't get their full story to understand why they're the way they are. They just convert. No, they're kind of types. And that's what I mean about the choreography too. Like yes. we we don't get to see them. You're right. We don't get to see them fleshed out. We, yeah. we we see them as types. Yes. Although we do get to see her as a caring parent, which is we a do. nice which is which is a nice evolution to Mrs. Green, but overall that community is very typed and I think there could have been a little bit better yeah. of a job. And that goes for the musical as well as the film. Uh, that's where something like laramie project succeeds mm-hmm. yeah and i mean like, yeah and i mean like film in general what's nice about film is unlike on stage where you can't have or sorry yeah on stage you can't have the community fully represented because you only have so many actors you can employ on film it's a visual medium you can do small cutaways more non-verbal cues to tell you about this community as a whole and i think the film yeah drop the ball on that front where they could have done a little bit more. Like, for example, in the scenes where, like, with the cheerleaders, we don't get to see a scene of them going and telling Mrs. Green and getting and getting the plot going. We just see the end result. Meanwhile, you could have had a small scene of them figuring out the plot or, or, or seeing Mrs. Green on the phone plotting that stuff out, like, or doing something or, like, leading up, like, because like, we just get thrown into this community. Yeah. And, away, and, and we hate them right off yeah. top because prom is canceled. It's like, you, you you get no chance to hear their argument. And and every time Mrs. Green does do an argument, it's you hate her argument because it's like, well, we gave her a separate prom because of whatever, whatever, whatever. And it's like, well, that, well, well, and we uh, and we hate well, her argument because people, we're on Emma's side. Some and, people hate her. Some people, I'm sure, would very much understand her perspective. Yeah. 
Exactly. So for me, I just well, go I want to understand it, but understand it fully. But right? part of tolerance and growing as a community is learning to understand. And if you don't give proper voice to that other end of the argument, like, for example, mm-hmm. when you're writing a piece about politics, you should go up the middle and go interview both sides of the aisle, not just exactly. one. Like the writers should go into these communities. And, uh, yeah, exactly. If no change happens. Yeah. It happens when you have an openness to actively mm-hmm. engage the mm-hmm. other person's perspective. Yeah. Again, it's empathy. But I, yeah, you're right, Mac. There should have been, there should have been one song. It'd be interesting to look at it through that religious lens mm-hmm. um, because it is a religious. And you know what? It's, it's hard. My parents are very religious. I mm-hmm. understand. I understand why I, uh, my partner is, mm-hmm. I mean, I, to a certain extent mm-hmm. am, I guess, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, that's a conversation for, I mean, like the musical asks bigger questions of like, like these mm-hmm. asks bigger questions, but yet they don't give the other side a chance to answer them. It's got to steamroll over them. And, it, and it's it, like, well, give a kid, because Andrew Reynolds asks, well, like, why do you think it's not okay to be gay? And they don't give an answer, even though they no. could easily built in a moment to get, let them have an answer. Besides, yeah. I'm a good Christian. It's like, well, go a little bit further. Like, give a little bit more or give Mrs. Green a little bit more time to answer a question about why she's uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. no. Give them I, something that gives them a little bit more balance to this story. Because the story is very to me very one-sided i love it i love the story because i love a good acceptance story but it does come across can't come yeah. across as very one-sided it's against myopic yeah yes. in that way you're mm-hmm. right you're absolutely right mm-hmm. and yeah like one big town number yes where it's very much about the people and just getting by and surviving mm-hmm. the day to day and you know fitting in because fitting in is what we yeah. needed to do yeah um fitting in as a, a, a mode of survival kind of like and eastwick knows from which is it from which is of eastwick that first yeah. number they do You need a song like that or like Belle at the beginning of Beauty and the Beast, that kind of community <coughs> setting song that kind of sets up why I they want this not to happen. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, yes. And here's my reason why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give me a reason. Without, yeah. Yeah. Without it becoming hateful. Yeah. Like give them real voice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like give yes. them real agency yeah yeah but yeah those are my two kind of big irks of, of the of the film I, great yeah. film overall i mean autumn basic question would you recommend this film is it worth the watch yes i made read and hannah watch it i made my mother and my and my mother said to me she said autumn isn't it too bad that that people still judge people my mom's very open-minded yeah. my, you know 
Um, but she's like, oh, wouldn't it be amazing if this were around years ago? Mm-hmm. Like, how, how are we still doing this? How is this still a conversation? How are people still mm-hmm. afraid to have this conversation? It's not easy. Coming out is not easy. Yeah. It's most, I think it's the most terrifying. It is, a, it is the second most terrifying thing I've ever done. Mm. The first thing, uh, most terrifying thing I ever did was leave a horrific relationship. Mm. Um, but, you know, watching this film gave me empathy to go, you know, I'm not making excuses for the bad behavior perpetuated against me. Mm-hmm. However, I understand the journey a mm. little bit better. So I'm I'm grateful I'm grateful for any reminder that can make me see the world more empathetically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm grateful for it. And I think everyone should see it. And I think everyone should see Jingle Jangle because there are new movies that give voice to narratives that have not been traditionally heard at this time of year. Mm-hmm. We usually are talking about religion. Yeah. And um, you know what? Jesus did say, love thy neighbor. That he did. Friends, that is your lesson this Christmas. Love thy neighbor. Agreed. There to said amen. Amen. Amen, sir. Amen. Yeah, I agree. I highly, I've been recommending this film now to anybody I talk to, where they're like, what should we watch over the family holidays? Because once again, holidays look different this year because of the pandemic. It's going to be a lot more isolated, a lot more staying at home with the Netflix. So, I highly recommend The Prom. It is definitely a film that has proved its worth to me. I mean, God bless it. It's it's a great story that deserves to be yeah. told. And it was, and Ryan Murphy, I think overall did a very good job telling this. Bravo story. to you, Ryan yeah. Murphy. You make yeah. good things. I, I am a fan. Mm-hmm. I am a fan of Ryan Murphy. Yes. And James Corden, thank you. Mm-hmm. I loved what you did with this role. Mm-hmm. I did. And you know what, friends, go out. There are so many really amazing new films out there that celebrate uh, new narratives that we have not traditionally seen again at this time of the year. This Jingle Jangle. Uh, there's a great one on Crave, I believe it is, The Happiest Season with Dan Levy mm-hmm. and uh, Kristen Stewart and yep. Mackenzie Davis. Yeah. Uh, Cleo Hall. Great. Again, similar theme. Mm-hmm. Um, the repressed uh, person, Mary yeah. uh, Steenburgen is in it. Yeah. Uh, Victor Garber. Oh, yes. Who doesn't love Victor Garber? Yeah. Oh, I love Victor Garber. So mm-hmm. go, go watch these. Um, celebrate each other mm-hmm. and look forward to a time when we can really connect in person again. And hopefully, hopefully our time away has made us more reflective and kinder to mm-hmm. one another. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, I will say once again, highly recommend the film uh, and engage us in a debate. If you really think James Corden should not have played Barry Glickman, then uh, by all means, talk to us. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at us. We will happily have an open discussion with you because that's what this film is about. It's about reaching across the the proverbial aisle and communicating and growing uh, in conversation with one another. So 
we like to grow in conversation. We are mm-hmm. not the be all and end all. Yes. We're just trying to find the the way into conversations. Yeah. We may sound very adamant, but we have changed each other's minds on many occasions. It is true. I changed um, my mind on rent. Didn't think that was going to be possible, but I did. Great note to end on there, Autumn. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in for our holiday film review. Uh, big, oh, yes, ho, 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 indeed. This is coming out early next week, so the week of Christmas. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for Christmas Day. Autumn and I have a special holiday treat for you. So stay tuned for that. It's something <laughs> promising for a while. So you will get so you will be getting a great holiday gift. Uh, shout out to our theme music composer, Mr. Brody Weld, who, as of today, Friday, December 18th, has a new album that has now come out. Oh. Indeed. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It has a new album called the Come Run It Running on Diesel. So check it out on Apple Music, Spotify, Bandcamp, all places where you stream and listen to your music. Mr. Brody Well, Father Flows is with his new album, Running on Diesel. Highly running recommend. Running on Diesel. It's better uh, than running on hot air, which is my go-to. <laughs> Autumn, where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you and debate with you and converse with you? I'm not sure I should give out this information. <laughs> See, I'm already starting to second guess myself. Uh, Autumn DM Smith at all of the platforms. I am now Instagram, Facebook, TikTok friendly. Very That's good. right. I'm a teenager again. I got the TikTok. I'm sure Hannah is so happy you're on the TikTok. She's not on TikTok. There's no way that's happening. She does not do social media. Uh, yet, yet it'll happen. I know it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. Um, and Littlewood Smith and exciting development. I have just incorporated a new theater company. So Littlewood Smith is the education, uh, wing of my company. I've now incorporated an not for profit theater company called Timber Beast. Timber Beast. Oh, very good. Very and really lumber person. Love it. Yes. Love it. Uh, <laughs> love that. Uh, and you can find me at all, at all social media platforms at Mackenzie Horner. Uh, you can follow my escapades with Cup of Hemlock Theater on our YouTube channel, Cup of Hemlock. This holiday season, we have released a review of the Royal Ballet's uh, production of The Nutcracker. So you can hear me talk all about ballet and dance on that review. Just go to Cup of Hemlock on YouTube and you'll see all our great videos there. You'll even find an interview I did with Autumn Smith. So there you go. You did one back in the summer. (laughs) Don't give me that pensive look, Autumn. That's a long time ago. Feels like ages ago. Uh, But either way, thank you, everybody. Have a great and happy holiday season. We will be revealing our first musical of 2021 uh, next week. This week, enjoy this review and enjoy our holiday gift coming to you on Friday, Christmas Day. Until then, everybody, build a prom. We just want to dance with you. And not about us. (laughs) Not about us. It's about you. It's about you. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.